And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Okay? Bit of administration off the rip. Melbourne. I'm coming to the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year, March 29 to April 9. 11 shows. You can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio or the Melbourne Comedy Festival website. Shows are going to be so sick. They're starting to fill up. Hope to see you there. Going to announce the rest of Australia shortly. Just waiting on Adelaide to confirm. So if anyone wants to play the blame game, if anyone wants to start pointing fingers as to why Melbourne is getting this sort of special treatment as far as buying tickets earlier than the rest of this great nation. You know, I'm not here to, I'm not here to point fingers, but if you are, point them at Adelaide, okay? Uh, that city, toughest to sell tickets in and toughest to book a venue as well. They, they treat you mean and they keep you keen in Adelaide. And do you know what? It's fucking working, dude, okay? Adelaide is all I can think about. So we'll be announcing the rest of the tour soon. Until then, bup, bup, bup. What was I going to say? Retraction from last week. Oh, straight out the gate. <laughs> Retraction from last week. Uh, I was aggressively wrong about Australian of the Year. Apparently, I spoke for about, uh, I want to say, eight to ten minutes, roughly, about why Ned Brockman should have won Australian of the Year. A slam dunk in my books, okay? He ran across this great nation. I would argue you could maybe even win Australian of the Year just from running from Perth to Sydney. I don't know if that's something people are doing a lot. That in and of itself, I thought, was pretty cool. You know, I'm not saying that wins Australian of the Year every year, but in maybe some, some of the slimmer years as far as good deeds, I could see that winning. Just being like, this guy hasn't done anything for anyone else. But holy fucking shit, what about this? He's run a long way, you know? But he raised two and a half mil for, for the homeless people of this great nation. So I thought that would be sort of a, a veritable slam dunk. Unless someone out there had raised 3.5, no one's going to touch this bloke in the race for Australian of the Year. And I was heavily implying there was a robbery. Uh, I was calling out for corruption watchdogs. You name it, I said it. It turns out Ned Brockman didn't even qualify for this year. So I don't know how the qualification period works. I guess you got to, it stops like six months ago so they can work it out or some shit. But yeah, not only was Ned Brockman not robbed, he wasn't even in the running. <laughs> this is. This, this can be the pitfall. The pitfalls. Of a solo podcast. There's no one in the room to say, Bill, you're not even close. You're not even close, okay? Um, but this, you know, it's a good reminder that uh, I am a Pelican. And I will take Pelican of the Week for this week for that. But it's also a good reminder that the, the Get Around Me really is built on a bedrock of me shooting first and asking questions later, often being wrong. You know, luckily for me, I'm not famous to the point where when I'm wrong... It goes on news.com.au, as, as for other people. But yeah, this, you know, just a reminder that Billy D, not the oracle you may think he is, been wrong so many times on this podcast. Uh, there was the time 
I mean, the early days of the podcast would just swing wild. One time I threatened a bloke on the pod. And then when he came up to me at the pub like a year later, I couldn't even remember who he was. You know, I also spent about 20 years telling people Michael Clark was a good bloke, which I think we've all seen is unfortunately not the case. There was the time, or there was a men's netball team that won the Queensland state champs or something in the women's competition. And I was like, mate, this is horse shit. What's going on here? But it turns out the men and the women play in the same competitions all the time. And I actually know nothing about netball. That one should have been a slam dunk, you know? Like, I, I should have... Even just a skerrick of research on that one. Instead, I, it was, resulted in me talking for about 11 minutes how I thought these blokes were absolute pelicans for entering this competition in the first place. It turns out they were actually invited to the competition. So, really, the only pelican, once again, was Billy Darcy. And, uh, and let's not forget the famous Conor McGregor incidents. Uh, I said take out your superannuation and bet it all on Conor McGregor in his fight against Dustin Poirier. Uh, Conor McGregor was knocked unconscious pretty quickly in the second round of that fight. Uh, just really had the shit beaten out of him. Then in the second fight, in the rematch, I double doubted, said, you know, take out even more superannuation and put it on Conor McGregor. Not only was Conor McGregor, not only did he have the shit beaten out of him in the second fight, that fight, he also snapped his leg in half, and he's yet to fight again since. So, <laughs> just a timely reminder on Get Around Me that, hey, is this one of the funniest podcasts around? Not for me to say. Does it try to be? Yes, okay? The effort is there to be funny. Whether you think it's funny or not, that's the intention. Is this podcast... The smartest podcast around? No, not at all. Does it try to be? Again, no, not at all. So just good to remind the, the general public that this really is just a local clown in his bedroom and, you know, often going to miss the mark, often. Probably upwards of two to three times an episode. What are we looking at here? 220 episodes. Let's say I'm wrong twice an episode. I mean, I'm lucky to not be in prison. Some, some people could argue. But yeah, I like it. I, I think it's good to be... I, I would encourage all podcasters to be publicly wrong at least once a month. It's a good safety blanket. That way no one takes you too seriously when you really miss the mark, you know? Look at bloody... Uh, what's his name? One Direction. One Direction. I'm going to keep saying One Direction until his name comes to me. Harry Styles, dude. Harry Styles, he was wrong at the Grammys. What did he say? Oh yeah, so Harry Styles. This this is this is the big Harry Styles had a blunder at the Grammys. So Harry Styles has gone up and won the Grammy over Beyonce. You know, he's famously been snubbed, I think, four times now. And he says things like this don't happen to people like me very often. Okay, now this is a terrible look for the great man. He's, he's at the Grammys. Everyone in the Grammys is probably the most progressive, you know, woke, et cetera, people. They're very aware of the gender and racial dynamics of award ceremonies. They're all, they're all furious Beyonce didn't win. And you got this straight white guy up there saying, this never happens to people like us, you know? <laughs> I don't know. If, I think he meant, 
just normal English lads. Maybe he meant blokes in dresses. I'm not sure what he meant, but it didn't play well in the room, okay? But here's the thing with Harry Styles. The reason people are so angry about Harry Styles making this comment that was clearly, he's clearly missed the mark, okay? People are angry at angry, uh, at angry Styles, at Harry Styles, because he's often right, okay? This guy dances through cultural situations and gender expression and fluidity and he's always got the right thing to say and he's wearing a skirt when he says it you know very hard to say someone's wrong uh when they're wearing a when they're wearing a skirt you know as far as blokes go because you're thinking fuck the confidence this man has to pull off this skirt who knows what i'm dealing with here you know there's very there's a lot of men on this planet that i would argue with in a debate and a man in a skirt is not one of them, okay? That's why I famously did poorly when I went uh, to a debating competition in Scotland. But what I'm saying is, Harry Styles is a very clued-in cultural individual. And so when he gets it wrong, everyone's like, mate, what the fuck are you talking about? Whereas if Harry Styles had taken the get-around-me approach and he was publicly wrong, sort of at least once a week, then, you know, it's like, oh, who cares? It's just another miss, for this local pelican. That's why Kanye West can say the most horrific things on the planet because they're like, yeah, this is wrong. But in the context of what this man has been wrong about in the past, this is actually pretty, this is fine, okay? You know what I mean? You make your own leash in this world and it get around me, we've got quite a long one uh, due to the, the, the history of mistakes, uh, factual inaccuracies uh, that have really formed the bedrock of this podcast. So... There you go. Nothing to it but to do it. First retraction of 2023. And guys, I'm happy to say there'll be plenty more where that came from. (laughs) Oh, dude. All right. What's going on? What's going on? All right. So big news this week. Firstly, I'd like to give a shout out to 73-time Pelican of the Week, Macca. As we know, Macca is a very talented artist. And how's this? He did a huge mural on one of these graffiti walls at a local sporting ground of Alexander Volkanovsky. It's the coolest mural I've ever seen. I will be candid. I don't look at a lot of murals, but as far as they go, this one was pretty bloody good. And obviously, Alexander Volkanovsky is fighting uh, this week for the UFC lightweight championship. Huge moment for Australian sport. Mac has commemorated fight week with a beautiful mural. It's got the Aussie flag on it. There's not one, but two portraits of the Volk on this wall. Took him about four days. It's huge. It's enormous, dude, okay? What a fantastic tribute to a sporting icon. Anyway, Macca's mural was up for about four hours before some local pelican painted over it with one of these graffiti things that said RVS, you know, and it took this bloke about three hours uh, to paint over it because someone walked past like the next morning after Macca had finished it the night before and it's already disappeared. So it's the quick and the dead in the art world. I'm not sure what the etiquette is around graffiti walls. Uh, I'm not sure if sort of, you know, if who the alpha is, if there's a pecking order, if, you know, it's just you just leave it for 90 minutes and then it's fair game. Um, but I will say this, is that I have no idea who painted over this mural. I have no idea what they look like, who they are, uh, but it's on site. 
okay? I don't know who this person is, but when I see them, I will put hands on them. And that that's a promise, okay? <laughs> I know I said that I threatened a bloke previously on the podcast and it was a mistake. Well, guess what? We're going back again. <laughs> I want to double make sure this is a mistake because how could you paint over the Volk the week he's fighting for the undisputed lightweight championship? Double champ status. This is un-Australian. This is a hate crime of the highest ilk in my books, okay? It took back a four, four days to paint this thing. This bloke, it took him 45 minutes and a can of fucking spray paint he bought from Big W. Okay, so I don't know if this is a no-no in the graffiti community. I'm not sure how to access that community. I don't know if Ned Brockman was behind this as well. Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, but while I don't know what this person looks like, I know that when I see them, I'm putting hands on them, and that and that is a promise, okay? <laughs> so yeah, quick and the dead in the art world. Very, uh, there's probably a metaphor in that somewhere. We don't have to look too far for it. Anyway, up next, uh, yarns from the week that was. Oh, also, yeah, check out Macca's mural on Instagram. That's what I was going to say. It's Mike, it's like Mish McElroy Art, M-I-C-H-M-C-E-L-R-O-Y-A-R-T. That's his Instagram handle. Check out that beautiful mural because you cannot see it in the wild anymore. Okay, it only exists in digital form. But anyway, so yarns from the week that was, I was given the privilege and the honor of emceeing my cousin's wedding over the weekend. Dude, unreal wedding. Um, there's nothing better than a wedding. There is nothing better than a wedding. Firstly, rural setting. Okay, I don't know where you want to get married, but if I'm going to get married, and yeah, fair enough, I don't even have a girlfriend, okay? But if I was to get married, I think I would be a rural setting man as well after this one. Beautiful farm, like old school manor, you know? It had like, you could tell that whoever owned this building in the 1800s was racist as hell. You know when you see a building so beautiful, you know the original owners were racist? It was one of those buildings, Okay. Stunning building, outdoor ceremony. Uh, there was there was a horse in the paddock next to us, and the horse like walked up to the fence for the ceremony. Okay, horses are very cluey animals. This horse could tell love was in the air, and it wanted to witness that love with its own eyes. So great ceremony. The marriage celebrant was one of the best celebrants I've ever seen. Uh, it, she had sort of a, a play school voice. You know, it was very soothing. She dropped the F-bomb during the ceremony. Unbelievable, okay? I Like, why not? Why not? <laughs> I hate the hysteria around swear words. You know when you swear and someone's like, watch, watch what you're saying. It's like, why? <laughs> this chick swore during a wedding ceremony. No one gave a fuck, dude. You know? No one, everyone is still alive. Everyone's got their limbs intact, you know? It's like I've, I've already uh, done this joke previously on the podcast, but old people who blow up about swearing, oh, my heavens. Oh, how could you use such vulgar language? It's like, Grandma, you're still actively racist, okay? <laughs> who, 
Who cares about the F-bomb? Start treating our Vietnamese neighbors with a bit more respect, you piece of shit. But anyway, so love that. And uh, and then, yes, yeah, so I'm emceeing. And I, I've only emceed one wedding before. And that was an absolute ball as well. I had an absolute ball emceeing this one. And the thing, though, when you're emceeing is it does create that nervous energy of like, you know, once we get to the reception, everyone is just... I just look out the back. It's just a fucking, it's a pack of, it's a pack of wild dogs being let out. Okay. The dogs have been let out. People have, people are drinking wine. They're drinking beer. You know, like everyone is going nuts. Whereas I have to grab my dog and I have to say, mate, where, where are you going? You're staying in this paddock, brother. Okay. Because we've got stuff to do. Your role is not over. Everyone else's tools down at this thing. Not me, okay? Now, traditionally at weddings, especially a sit-down wedding like this, I like to drink I like to drink beers, but also have maybe a bottle of white wine and just, you know what I mean? Just be completely out to lunch. Not at this wedding, okay? Had to had to keep the dogs in the paddock, stay on the beer, you know, ate, ate a healthy amount. Usually maybe I have a breadstick. I don't want anything slowing me down. Uh, yeah, so... Stayed as sober, relatively sober for the, the big speeches because, you know, you do the thing where you uh, welcome the new couple into the, uh, into the venue. And, but then the real, the real administration is when you're, you're emceeing the speeches, okay? Now, I wasn't asked to speak per se, but of course, when you book Billy Darcy to emcee, you know what I mean? The people expect some zingers, okay? You don't fucking, you know what I mean? You don't, Insert <laughs> insert a metaphor there. Unfortunately, one did not come to me in that moment, but I think we can all agree it, it's pretty simple, okay? So obviously, I've written some some bloody zingers. Um, I've, I'll, I'll be candid. It was great, okay? The paint was melted off the walls. Great crowd, great night. All the speeches were great. Had a good mix of like, you know, emotional and banter. Um, funniest, funniest line of the night. I was literally in tears at this. I was literally in tears. Um, my cousin who's gay, uh, his, his, and his brother, uh, so my cousin's gay, then he's got his brother and then his sister was the one getting married. So he, he goes up there and he says, he goes, I'm Steph's gayest brother, but not by much. <laughs> And everyone just looks at the straight brother. It was, I was in tears, dude. I was absolutely in tears. It was the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, God. And then it got to this weird part of the night where at the start of the night, the wedding venue manager was like, all right, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. Bup, 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 telling me all the logistics of the evening. Beautiful. Okay. I'm an entertainer. You know, I'm not a truck driver. I'm not good with logistics. Then... 8 p.m., this chick clocks off, okay? So it got to the point where me, the, the photographer and the wedding DJ come up to me and they start asking me questions. They're saying, when, should we, we're running behind. Should we cut the cake now? Should we move the first dance forward? And I'm thinking, brother, what are you asking me for, you know? And so I've sort of, there was moments of the wedding where I was like in charge of the wedding, which, you know, after 12 beers is quite a precarious position to be in, Okay. Obviously, like any wedding MC worth his salt, you know, you just ask the bride everything, okay? 
Here's if you anyone who ever MCs a wedding, just bloody all you need to do is talk about how stunning the bride is, and any decisions that come your way, you just ask the bride. Okay, any man who makes an independent decision without consulting the bride uh, should be beheaded, and you you actually might be. Okay, so it was one of the great weddings. Uh, I was in charge at one point, and then how's this? Just to finish this yarn off. Uh, we get back to the, we're staying at like the, this lodge, this like sort of fancy motel, I guess you would say. And this is how you know you're in a country town. We're in Patterson. Okay. It's like past Maitland in New South Wales, tiny town, tiny town. So we get back at about 1130. There's the Patterson Tavern in town, but you know, this town has a population of about 73 people. So that's closed at like, you know. 11.20 or whatever. I don't know. It's long closed. So we get back to the motel. Obviously, we're still in the mood to rip and tear. Got my cousins there. Uh, my mum's still going strong. Dad smoke bombed. There's a lot going on. So it says, call for assistance 24 hours. And I'm, I know this is rude, but the lady said to me when we checked in, if you need anything, just call. We live on site. Okay. So I, I, I'm, I'm blind and I, I've got a hankering to keep drinking. So I call the lady up and I say, I'm so sorry to wake you. Is there any chance we could get some beers? And how's this from this lady? Firstly, she goes, absolutely no stress at all. Like, don't worry about waking me. It was only 11.30 on a Saturday night. So it's not like the craziest call ever, but still I did feel bad. How's this? So they got this fridge. It's got everything, this fridge, wine, beer, you know, cruises, premix cans, Absolutely everything. It's like a fully stocked bar. This woman will go down as one of the all-time greats. So this is what she says. She unlocks the fridge and goes, on her system, just tell me what you drank in the morning. (laughs) Well done, ma'am. Bravo. Bravo. Anyone who says there aren't good people out there, anyone who questions whether in this modern world with prices rising, the rental market's a mess, interest rates are going up, inflation, other buzzwords, anyone who's questioning whether there's not still good-hearted, saintly people out there, anyone who's who's questioning whether, whether evil is triumphing over good in 2023, anyone who's worried about the state of affairs on God's great earth, I will point to this woman in Patterson and say, hey, Love is real, okay? Love is real. My God, what a woman. I can't, an honest system. Unlock the fridge and she's just gone, go nuts. Unbelievable, okay? Unbelievable. In the city, she would have opened up the fridge. Well, firstly, in the city, she, there's no way she wakes up. But if she was, she would have opened up the fridge, sold us two $74 beers, and then said, don't wake me again or I'm calling the police. Okay, that's how you know you're in a country town. Good people like this. So we got pretty blind after that. What a time to be alive. Thank you to the, uh, I was going to say mistress, but that's not correct. The manager of the Patterson Lodge. You're one of the greats. You are one of the all-time greats. Anyway, up next, one more yarn, uh, and then we'll crack into a couple of topics. So this was Saturday. I did the gig. So I know I've been like uh, not going out recently. I've been laying a bit low. Last The weekend that was, I was back ripping and tearing in a big way. Massive night Friday. 
obviously wedding Saturday, did a gig Sunday, drove down to Cronulla Sunday night. Now, I've heard fantastic things about this comedy room. It was at this cool pizza bar, very cool room, very, uh, very trendy and great room. Unfortunately, the room was filled with people from Cronulla. I don't know what it is with this town, but there is some bad eggs in Cronulla. Okay, I got heckled maybe 74 times in the in the opening 10 minutes of emceeing this gig um, just by like a 55-year-old, maybe 60-year-old bloke as well. And here's the thing, dude. I don't mind getting heckled, but in fact, I don't really care. But it's just like when you're hosting, you can't really... You're a bit hands-tied because as the host, it's your job to create a bond with the audience, to warm them up to create a happy atmosphere for comedy. And so when you're getting heckled trying to start the show, it can be a bit awkward because you can sort of, you can't really tear into them too much because you just look like a bit of a an abrasive fella, you know? So this guy's just heckling me. I'm trying to just deal with it as I go. It's tough sledding. Tough sledding. Uh, anyway, it's this, and it's the table right in front. Front row, middle table. Just an absolute fucking piece of shit, dude. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Anyway, so I bring on the first act. What about this? And the first act's going well, okay? He's doing great. And then he does this joke about, I don't know, what, he's talking about white people or something. He's like, white people do this or something. He's, he's an ethnic comedian. And he says, white people do this. And this, this woman at the front table yells out, uh, same table as the heckler, by the way, shock horror. This woman yells out, yeah, because white people are smarter. And then it's like a bit problematic thing to say. You know, you can't really say that white people are smarter than minorities. It's not really, well, it's not true. <laughs> That's the main reason you can't say it. But also it's discriminatory anyway. That, and, and you know what, that by itself, if we just moved on, it could have been fine. And it's not, I, I'm saying if she moved on, because then the comedian, the comedian's like, he gave her a chance to get out of it. He goes, well, if white people are smarter, what are non-white people? And she could have easily been like, oh, yeah, sorry. And she goes, well, non-white people try their best. And then it's like, oh, this is getting weird. And we're in Cronulla as well, like notoriously, <laughs> you know, home of the race riots. <laughs> and you got this white chick saying non-white people try while well, white people are smart. And then the comedian's like, oh, are you sure about that? You know, that seems like a weird thing to say. And she goes, what? I'm just speaking facts. You know, it's not my fault I'm telling the truth. White people are smarter. What do you want from me? She like doubles and triples down on it, you know? And it was really weird, dude. <laughs> really weird. And kind of, uh, I mean, the gig kind of went all right after that, to be honest. Like, whatever. Like, as far as like how it affected the night, there was security there, but they didn't, they refused to kick her out. They didn't refuse. They just said, if she does it again you know, what, be racist out loud. <laughs> it was a real weird incident, real bizarre, and uh, kind of mired the night. And just because she kept tripling down on it, that was the weirdest part. If she was like, oh, yeah, sorry. But yeah, it was bizarre. The front table was just the biggest pack of cunts I've ever come across. And yeah. And then uh, another comedian I know, Joe White, he just, he's a, a African man. He just got called the N-word in Perth, same weekend. So... I don't know if something was cooking uh, in the water over the weekend, but yeah, a couple of racist incidents in the crowds. So really not sure what happened in Perth and the cameras just run out here, but but Cronulla, 
I'm not general. I, I know there's some great people in Cronulla, but I will say that I've ha- I've played to some truly abrasive crowds in Cronulla, and uh, that town is potentially crook. Okay, <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Newsflash, gentlemen. Valentine's Day is almost here, and by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Get lucky this V-Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping. I've been using these Manscaped products for a while now. Unbelievable. So easy to use. So safe. Got the, the light on the end there. You can't miss a thing. Uh, and it's just, it's, you're walking around knowing you're, you're better groomed than the men around you. You know, and you've got that extra advantage. You know, the shoulders are back that little bit more. My shoulder blades are grinding together. My personal hygiene is that good since using these products. So... Highly recommend. And the holiday, the holidays went by so quickly. Did you lads remember to take care of your package with the best tools from, for the job? Because the Platinum Package from Manscaped is the all-encompassing package that every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The headliner of the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It even has a 4,000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. And guess what? It's waterproof too. The package also includes the weed whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. And they even threw in two free gifts, their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys stored comfortably. So once again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code word Darcy. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Okay, up next, the undisputed king of dating chicks way too young for him, Leonardo DiCaprio, back in the mix, okay? Back in the mix. Unfortunately, Leo, tough time recently after his last girlfriend aged out at 25, no doubt a tough few months for him as he transitioned her into her life without him, okay? Uh, he handles these situations better than anyone, and as always, we have a lot of sympathy uh, for our king. <laughs> but, so, here's the thing. So, Leonardo DiCaprio is 48 years old now, and his new girlfriend is 19. So, do the maths on that. Bup, bup, bup. That's 29 years, dude, Okay? And like I said, he just broke up with his last girlfriend who was 25. Um, I don't know if he just didn't have a taste for MILFs anymore or what happened there. Uh, but yeah, so he's, he's moved on to his next gal, 19. This is... <laughs> I think we're past this being creepy now. I think when he was 45 dating a 19-year-old, I think that was a really creepy thing to do. I think now this is honestly like just fascinating. Like, how long is this shit going to go on for? We're at 48 now. Is he going to be like 65 running around with a 19-year-old chick? Because what's doing, okay? What the fuck is doing? Imagine he's like 65 dating a 19-year-old. 
It's like, mate, when you dated her mum, she was too young for you, okay? <laughs> this is getting crazy. And obviously, he's Leonardo DiCaprio, but he's really the only bloke who's done this, you know? And even here's the thing. If he dated a 30-year-old woman, that would still be an 18-year age gap. But, you know, it's a bit more above board. I think, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of this. And here's the thing is, Leonardo DiCaprio is getting lit up on the internet for this. Lit up like a Christmas tree. But the thing is, he doesn't have, tw I don't think he has Twitter. Or if he does, he doesn't use it. He doesn't respond to anything. He's like a brick wall, this guy. You know what I mean? Like, I would just love once one interviewer to be like, mate, not even combatively. Just be like, mate, what's the gossip with you dating these teenagers all the time? You know what I mean? It's so bizarre. But at the same time, I don't know. It's interesting how if you want to really test out your fame and your public perception, pull some shit like this and see what people say. Because I swear to God, if anyone else did this, they'd be like, lock him up. It's like what I was saying before, how if you're wrong most of the time, people don't care when you're wrong. Whereas Harry Styles traditionally write about most things in the, in the eyes of Twitter. Gets one wrong, gets smashed for it, you know? Now we're at the point with Leonardo DiCaprio where it's like, yeah, this, is, this would be pretty creepy by anyone else's standards, but really for Leo, this is just another, another day at the office for the great man, you know? He continues on his merry way. <laughs> but I'm interested to see how long how long this lasts because once you go past 50 once we get past a once we go past 59 and it's like a 40 year age gap it's going to get pretty bloody bizarre i know he's heaps into you know green energy and renewables but this seems to be this seems to be taking that idea a little bit far okay you know we need this guy to go a bit more old school with his dating habits i don't know if he has he clearly has no I don't think he has any children, but I don't think he has any intentions on having children. I would just be so interested to hear his take because is he like, honestly, mate, I, I hang out with 21-year-old models. So that's just who I end up dating. Or would he be like, yeah, dude, I, I prefer 21-year-old models. That's why I date them. I'd just love to hear his take. You know what I mean? Because I think the intention behind it would shed a lot of light on the on these dating habits uh, of potentially the biggest movie star on the planet. If he was just like, hey, dude, here's the deal. I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm the most famous guy on the planet and I can have any woman I want. Just so happens I prefer 21-year-old women. So I'm going to continue dating them until they stop dating me. Any further questions? You know what I mean? I think it's just the mystery behind it because... And this 19-year-old chick, you know... To be fair to Leo, she doesn't look 19. She looks about 32, and she's possibly the hottest woman on God's green earth. So is it one of those things where... He, is he, like, meeting these women going, oh, this woman must be 28? And then, you know, he's butter-bing, butter-boom, and then it turns out she's 19, and he's like, ah, fuck. Oh, well, here we go again, you know? Have you ever, ever felt like this? When strange things happen, are you going round the twist? Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. Someone do the mashup of all of Leo's 19-year-old girlfriends with the round the twist theme song. 
And to be fair to Leo, at least this time he's thinking to the future a little bit more. There has been times in the past where he's dated a 23, dare I say, even a 24-year-old woman, giving him, you know, what's that, sort of a year to 18 months with them before he does have to unfortunately transition them into the next stage of their life without him. At least with this girl, he's got a good six years ahead of him. Uh, and, you know, he could potentially have kids with her or something. I don't know. I don't know. But it seems like 19 is really the cutoff. I think 18, if you say 18, it's it's weird. And I think Leo does know what he's doing because you say 29-year age gap, obviously that's crazy. You say 30-year age gap, that hits so much harder, dude. That hits so much harder. So I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, and he's going to continue doing it whether he does or not. So... <laughs> So continue, Leonardo DiCaprio. I think I think that's the message here. Uh, we will continue to follow this. And I'm interested to see how this man handles himself well into his 50s because he might just go full Hugh Hefner. You know, he's one, he's, he's a pipe and a gown away from just going full Hugh Hefner and just going, fuck it, dude, this is what it is. So we'll have to see. But the great man is back up to his old tricks and and yeah, that's what's happening. All right, up next, another story I'd like to touch on. Not a lot in the news this week, guys. <laughs> I've got to be candid. Uh, as long as Prince Harry continues to be in the news, uh, I really don't see the topical portion of this podcast carrying any heat whatsoever. Um, because every time I try to write some jokes about Prince Harry, I just, I just can't be bothered. You know, I don't, I just don't care. Okay. So anyway, up next, what about this? Kelly Slater, it came out. Kelly Slater got mugged into next week by Pamela Anderson. Now, Kelly Slater was dating Pamela Anderson in the late 90s. And this is back when Kelly Slater had hair as well. So this this is crazy. Number one goat surfer of all time and had a full head of hair. This is a power up like we've not seen before. Okay. Now, they've been dating for about a year. Pamela Anderson was supposed to fly to Florida to meet Kelly's family. Unfortunately, on the way to Florida, she got mixed up with Tommy Lee, goes to Mexico for four days, comes back married. Now, this might be one of the greatest muggings in the history of muggings, okay? Imagine your missus is coming over to meet your family. She calls you up. Not only is she not coming to meet your family, not only is she breaking up with you, not only has she been having sex with Tommy Lee... (laughs) She is also married on top of all of that. I mean, how Kelly Slater won a world title after that? He lost his hair. I think we know why. I'm not sure if he lost his hair after the breakup or before. I think if he lost his hair before the breakup, that might be a reason why Pamela has mugged him to this extent. Because if there's one thing we know about Tommy Lee, it's that his salad is unbelievable. Okay? He's got a hairline that rocks harder than he does, and it's going to be very hard to compete if you've gone the full shave, as Kelly did around that time period. So I'm, I'm not sure the timeline on, on Kelly's hairline versus Pamela mugging him off. I'd be very interested to know the details of that. Um, but yeah, it's just a reminder that, hey guys, famous people can get mugged off too. You know, you would think Kelly Slater, he's got him coming and going. Who gives a fuck? You know, there's plenty more where that came from. But no, even famous people can get clipped up. And, you know, here's the thing, dude. If you're going to date Pamela Anderson, 
I would say there's a high there's a high chance you could get mugged because you know she's one of the most attractive women on the planet and this is back in her Baywatch days she was, not only was she one of the most attractive she was one of the most famous one of the most relevant probably one of the wealthiest you know you talk, you're talking about a serious power hitter in late 90s Pamela Anderson and Kelly Slater has the balls in that situation to shave his head amongst all of this I don't want to say Kelly deserved to get mugged I don't I don't want to say that Kelly Slater deserved what happened to him I'm just saying that if you dance with the devil, sometimes you will get burned, okay? And <laughs> and the other lesson here, guys, is don't let your missus go to Mexico with Tommy Lee. If this wasn't one that was already blatantly obvious to the men around the God's green earth, do not, <laughs> and I repeat, do not let your missus go to Mexico alone with Tommy Lee, okay? That's just a, that's a stark reminder of you know the consequences of doing that okay <laughs> okay up next bah, bah, bah. i'd like to gonna do the project and then briefly talk about australia versus india in the cricket which starts today then rowan arneel joins us in the second half i've been seeing some youtube comments that is the second half of the podcast even real uh is it a running joke is it you know, some sort of a hypothetical podcast that exists in the metaverse. It is real. We just don't film it. So if you want to listen to the second half of the podcast, it's just on, you know, Spotify and iTunes and shit. Okay. You know, it's not, we don't have a Joe Rogan experience style studio. And then also, then I got to edit the video and then it's just, who has the time? Okay. Not me. Uh, I actually have several day jobs. So Anyway, if you want to listen to the second half of the podcast with Rowan, it's just audio only. So get amongst that. Anyway, on the project this week, can't go past the great man. Huge moment in Australian sport coming up this weekend. Alexander Volkanovsky is fighting Islam Makachev for the undisputed UFC lightweight title. He's going up from featherweight, which means he will be a two-division champ if he wins this. And he's paying $3.90 outright. And 650 on points. Okay? Now, if the Volk wins this, there's a high probability it will be on points. 650, treat yourself. Okay? Treat yourself and treat your family this Sunday by putting some money on the Volk by points. Okay? Now, a couple of points, uh, a couple of points to get through with this fight is that, you know, the Volk is a heavy underdog for a reason. He's fighting this huge Dagestani man. Now, if you're not familiar with Dagestan, you, you don't need to be. It's I don't even know if it's a country or... It's like in Russia. These guys wrestle bears and in the promo video... You know, here's the thing is the promo video, this, the, the, the worse someone's living conditions, the scarier they are, okay? You know, Volk's in, the, in the, the, the nice gym with his training partners, doing all the right things, bup, 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 hitting the pads. It just cuts to Islam Makachev. He's just... He's on top of a mountain... In the middle of nowhere, shadow boxing. It's fucking eagles and shit flying around him. It looks like Lord of the Rings over there, dude. Okay? Wrestling bears, it's scary stuff. Okay? And also, uh, there's nothing scarier than a man who speaks broken English. If I threaten you in perfect English, that almost implies I'm like some sort of a white collar bitch. Okay? If some guy says, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to dismember you, mate, I'm going, I'm going to pick you apart. No, if you, if you have some guy in broken English say, I kill, 
I kill you, smash, die. It's like, holy fucking shit, dude. This guy didn't even have time to learn English, okay? We got huge problems here, massive problems. Um, it's also pound for pound, number one versus number two in the sport, which rarely happens. It's in Perth, okay? Now, I don't want to say the UFC made a grave mistake by having it, having, you know, probably the biggest fight in Australian mixed martial arts history. I think that's a pretty, that's a good call, okay? I've got no confidence after the Ned Brockman take. But, you know, you're going to have the biggest fight in Australian history in, you know, potentially our most irrelevant city. Who am I to say that whether that was the right call or not? Should have been on the East Coast, I would have thought. But anyway, we couldn't get tickets and I'm obviously bitter about it. But yeah, I don't know. Dagestan versus Windang, New South Wales. Uh, Volk will have the home crowd. It will be a crazy crowd there. A lot of Aussies fighting on the card. Jack Della Maddalena. If you want some free money, he's a Perth boy as well. Uh, you know, and this is the thing where <laughs> Australian MMA fighters, we just don't seem as scary. Like this, this Islam guy, you know, trains with Khabib in the mountains, wrestling bears. Conversely, Jack Della Maddalena fights out of a gym called Scrappy MMA and Fitness in suburban Perth. Okay. I don't think it's, it's as scary to be out of fucking Midland you know, or, or fucking, I'm trying to think of other Perth suburbs I know. Kelmscott, okay? Kelmscott, there you go. You know what I mean? It's not as scary, okay? <laughs> but this is going to be a sick fight. And honestly, here's the deal. I'll be candid. The Volk could be paying $74. The Volk himself could tell me, Billy, I'm not going to win this fight. I'd still bet on him. Okay, there's no chance of me not betting on an Australian man fighting for a belt. Okay, because if this guy goes in there and pulls this shit off and I don't profit aggressively from it, that's I'm a bad patriot. Okay, so full disclosure there obviously, you know, when I said George Cambosa's bet on him, that was the last fight I told you guys to bet on. Obviously, I was aggressively wrong, I think he lost every round, but. So full disclosure, but he's paying good cash. Uh, the other thing is, so Islam is basically, Islam Makachev, he's probably the greatest wrestler in the UFC. Unbelievable wrestling. But here's the thing. I saw Volk in an interview saying he's actually quite hard to hold down. So could go either way on the wrestling front. You know, Islam, greatest wrestler in the whole promotion across all divisions, comes from the greatest wrestling camp in the history of the UFC. You know, bloody this, bloody that. Just re relentless takedowns, top pressure. Just submitted Charles Oliveira, who has the most submissions in UFC history. Let's take all of that. Let's put it to one side, guys, because Volk said himself, he's actually quite hard to hold down. So, you know what I mean? Could go either way. I don't think, I think Volk has clearly said that he will nullify the wrestling. I don't need to hear anything else. I don't need to see any evidence. Uh, I hope these boys stand and bang. And if they do, the Volk is better on the feet. So if, if, if Islam wants to stand, he can fuck around and find out, dude, okay? If they stand for five rounds, Volk will win this on points. If Volk gets taken down, guys, we got huge problems, okay? we got massive, massive problems. But we'll deal with that when we come to it. So check that out. That is the project for this week. And then, yeah, just a little preview. Australia is playing India in the Test Series starting today. And we got huge problems over there as well, guys.
This weekend, Australia plays India in India, and Alexander Volkanovsky fights Islam Makachev, okay? Guys, this we got some uphill battles on our hands this weekend, okay? We got some tough, tough challenges ahead of us. Um, I got to say, not looking great for the Aussies in India. Cam Green, Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood all out. Uh, Cam Green, he might play as just a batsman. Um, to be honest, I don't think Cam Green... I don't think he's good enough to play as just a batsman. That's my personal opinion. I honestly think he probably will get his pad, his front pad blown off in India. I think he's going to have a tough time over there. If it was up to me, I'd play Hanscom at six. Okay? If you're not going to... if Cam Green's not going to provide that bowling option. Hanscom plays spin really well. He's had a great shield season. I would play him. Uh, as far as Ashton Agar, we need that guy to step up. Something fierce. And Travis Head and Dave Warner, you know, with Ashwin. And they have, I think they have another right arm off spinner. I don't, I don't know. They've got like four spinners they're going to play. Uh, yeah, we've got Travis Head. Dave Warner, Cam Green. I think these boys, when they, if they can step up, we've got a chance this series. I, I I question our ability to take 20, 20 wickets in a test match over there. I think Nathan Lyon will probably have to take like 14 of them himself. Yeah, I'm not sure. Look, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding. And yeah, we need Ashton Agar to step up. A lot of boys who on paper shouldn't do well over there, we need them to do well. Just as we need the Volk to somehow out-wrestle Islam Makachev, we need Ashton Agar to turn a ball. Uh, we need Davey Warner and Travis Head to get some runs against spin. Uh, we, we need a lot of things to, to, to not go the way they should go on paper. Okay, We need something out of the ordinary to happen in India and Perth this weekend. So Godspeed to the Volk and the Australian cricket team. Uh, if I had a choice, I'd take the Volk winning both straps and and India winning the first test. And then hopefully when we get the players back for the second test, we can give it more of a go. I would like to see how our pace bowlers go over there as far as do we have any sort of... Are, we able to, are they able to threaten in any way, shape or form? If we get absolutely pasted in the first test against India, I am not against us playing three spinners and having playing this Todd Murphy kid, okay? And if Ashton Agar has a stinker, I am not against us playing Swepson, Murphy, and Lyon with Cummins, and if Cam Green is fit. that Cam Green has to be fit and get through some overs over there. But if they're just going to prepare wild turners, not give us a chance, and Ashton Agar has a stinker in the first test, which I think we all know there's a kind of a high probability, that's what I would do, Okay. So Godspeed to every Australian athlete fighting across the planet this weekend. We got some uphill battles ahead of us, but also, hey, what do underdogs mean? It means when the bet comes off, we're all going to buy houses, okay? So that is the podcast for this week. Ba ba ba. Rowan Arneal's up next. Buy some tickets to my Melbourne Comedy Festival shows. Weekends are filling up, so if you want to come on the weekend... Uh, get in, get in now, and schooners after guaranteed. I will see you there, dude. And you can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio or the Melbourne Comedy Festival website. So see you there, Rowan Arneal. Up next, thank you. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see.
All right, legends, welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. Joining me as per is local clown Rowan Arneal. What's doing? Not much. We're back, baby. We're back. I was thinking off the back of last week's comments how this is never edited and how we're basically live. Mm-hmm. Maybe this could be called Get Around Me Live. Live. Because this is straight to tape. This is straight to tape. Yeah, fair enough. And then that could be the impetus for Nova 969 finally signing us. <laughs> well, we're going to have to change the name from Billy Darcy Get Around Me Live. No, that will Billy Darcy Get Around Me Live will be the new afternoon show on Nova 969. With Rowan Arneal. With Rowan Arneal, yeah, if they can fit it. If they can fit both my names. What would your radio name be? Because I could do Bill. Or could do, they, you could do Roz. They'd give me a Rosa. <laughs> Bill and Rosa. <laughs> I'd have 50% of the people in my life call me Roz anyway. So. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Mate, I would love to join that 50%. You could call me Roz. I got no problem with Roz. Oh, Rosa. Do you get Rosa? No, no, just Roz. Yeah, okay. I or, see that. Or Reels. What is it? People will throw me a Reels. Rios. Yeah, yeah. So, Roz with an E-O-U-W-Z. Yeah, right. Okay. I'll stick to Rowan. Um, <laughs> mate, what's been going on? You got you got some sort of a qualm out the gate, don't you? Oh, yeah. I've got some fucking qualms. I was about to say, your energy when you came into my apartment. What's the issue, mate? Mate, I'm sick of fucking people thinking that I'm some 13-year-old obese goth girl due to my voice. Yeah, but I've I've been messaged a lot of different things of what people think you look like. Mm, all these young boys. Mm, Billy, I'm trying to make you laugh. I'm going to say some mean things about your co-host. Well, mate, it little- seems like they've affected you quite a bit. <laughs> they're little worms, Billy. <laughs> mate, mate, do not call the listeners worms. <laughs> they're maggots, mate. Oh, they're my absolute God. Absolute maggots. Jesus and now swap, a, swap one of those letters around and we've got what we, they really are, Billy. Well... That um, would, if you did swap that letter, that would force me to edit this podcast. <laughs> but we're not swapping any letters. There's no letters being swapped. Um, so, what's the issue, mate? So, I got a message that I, I forwarded on to you because it was pretty funny. Yeah, this yeah. guy said he thought you were like a 17-year-old goth guy. Yeah, yeah. I'll absolutely smack that cunt. <laughs> Say it to my face, brother. So, do you want to describe what you look like for the listener? I think we've already fucking done that. We've done it several times. Chiseled jawline, blonde hair. <laughs> Beautiful blue slash green slash yellow eyes. Oh, Six foot three. Get lost in those bad boys. Tall enough to absolutely smack the cunt with the message Billy. <laughs> A little smart ass. Yeah. I will say that whatever you think Rowan looks like, I will say that no one has messaged me about his appearance who Rowan couldn't physically handle in an altercation. <laughs> Man, I was wound up. Spent a good three hours clenching my fists at work. I'm like, boys. One guy told me he thought you'd be like, you'd smell like stale cigarettes and be yeah. like an old school surfer. Yeah, he, he said he'd still. And then also that guy in the message was like, I'm actually considering following him on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, oh, great. This is a real cool guy. That was condescending. Spending a lot of time considering following people on Instagram. Fucking hell, mate. Mate, if anything, you're, you're taking up time in his head. Yeah. Think of it that way. I guess that's good. Well, I had the, the you know, in Goodwill Hunting, when Robin Williams gets very, like, f- he gets, like, pissed off by something the young kid says. 
Okay. And, and then he's like, about his painting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he realized, he's like, oh, yeah, I just realized you're just a fucking kid. And I fell into the sweetest slumber of my life and it hasn't bothered me since. Is that you to this bloke? Well, that, yeah, I read his Instagram bio and it was eat, sleep, footy, repeat. And I was like, oh, actually, all good. Oh. <laughs> that, that's, once you click on the profile though you could go down a rabbit hole actually I'm Robin Williams you're just a kid <laughs> eat sleep footy repeat suck me off mate there was a lot riding on that Instagram bio <laughs> yeah definitely because if his Instagram bio was a bit more palatable oh yeah you're spiralling for upwards of four business days <laughs> Dude, I've definitely... Uh, sometimes you've got to click on the profile. And it's my fault for sending you that message, mate. I have i didn't realize you were sort of... I was instigating some sort of a breakdown on your part. <laughs> it I, didn't disrupt my day too much. Well, here's the thing, mate. I'm thinking I can send Rowan this humorous message because off the back of his recent TikTok fame, <laughs> if anything, his confidence needs a dent. Mate, my TikTok fame's dwindling. How'd your last TikTok go? It, not- was, it was probably f- way funnier than the first as well. <laughs> yeah, not nearly as well. Yeah, that's mate, TikTok, brother. Mate, there's no picking it. <laughs> Dude, TikTok is like, I'll put up a four-minute stand-up bit that I've worked on for a year and a half and I love. <laughs> we will get 67 views. <laughs> then the next week, I'll accidentally hit record in my pocket <laughs> and somehow it will post and get 43 million. <laughs> yeah, I got no read on this. Dude, I saw a, uh, I saw a, what was, I saw a podcast clip the other day. And uh, I can't remember what podcast it was, but they had uh, they had done some guy had called in and just said I've started an OnlyFans, yeah, posting yeah. feet pics, and it got seven million views. <laughs> That's the problem, mate. Is that you've got to outsource the content. Yeah, yeah. We do need a call line. We need a call line. Also, I would love a little um, a little fat producer here that we could kind of shit on. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine. That, I mean, that would be fun. Yeah. But we would have to make some money. I was going to say, where's it coming from? Yeah. Bit of cream off the top. Yeah. <laughs> if there's anyone out there, I had one, I've had a couple of people message me. Like, it's a weird thing. So I've had a few people message me being like, mate, I would love to do some social media work and some video editing for you. And I'm like, mate, that sounds great. They're like 19 and like froth on me. Mm. So I'm like, this is the perfect combination. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I'm looking for. So I can exploit this person. Exactly. You know? And then they send me a couple of edits and they're even worse at video editing than me. <laughs> so I don't understand people that unprompted will be like, mate, let me do this thing that I can do. And it's like, you could never do it. <laughs> yeah, that is brutal. But we could find someone to exploit. Here's the thing. I, it would be fun to have a call line. I don't even know how you set one up. Oh, of course not. And it's crazy that you're our tech guy. Well, that's the thing. I'll tell you what, you want to talk about the phrase best of a bad bunch. (laughs) There's only one guy on the East Coast who is worse with tech than me and he's sitting in my bedroom. It's a man whose laptop doesn't work because he got it caught in his own bike spoke. Yeah, see, how does that happen, mate? Oh, I had it in a green Coles bag and I was going to the library. Yep. And then I had the Coles bag on the, the handlebars of my bike and then it swung and went inside my bike. (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's a Lenovo that needs fixing, mate. I'm on a Lenovo as well. That's then, how we. That's how you know we know nothing about computers. We're the only two blokes <laughs> dumb enough to buy a fucking Lenovo. And then I went to go get it fixed, and the guy was like, the Chinese guy was like, "No, nah, it's the mainframe. I can't do it." And then I was like, "All right, I'll just take back my arm. Um, I'll just take it back then. It's all good. I'll take it somewhere else." And my charger, and he's like, "You didn't. That's my charger. You didn't bring." 
a charger. And then I got, now I'm just down a charger. I went home. It was my charger. But well, it was it's yours. Just, he said, he said. And it's his rental. And it's, his, I don't know. He's just, he just beat me. So he just stole your charger in front of your very eyes. Well, I, well, because I, I can just, I'll immediately just be like, oh, I bet it is. I'm a moron. And then I went home and there's no charger. So I was correct. Split second decision. So I'm down a Lenovo charger. Yeah, right. So you don't even, not only can you not use a laptop, you don't own one. Yeah. Well, it also doesn't charge. So it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> the so hang on. I think that makes it one all. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the charge is broken. Well, the charger will become much more important to me if the laptop gets fixed. Yeah. See, the value of the charger was pending <laughs> on him being able to fix the laptop. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're going to call that one a draw. You versus the computer repair guy. Um, but I think in a, in that draw, like all draws, there's no winners. Oh, no, no. Neither of us won. He did spend some time on it and failed. So, it's like... Yeah. I mean, especially with that sort of stuff, it's like like with the fridge here, mm. which came back to life, by the way. Thank God. Thank the fucking Lord above. <laughs> Dude. Oh. This will financially ruin me. Yeah. Full Tiger King moment, dude. I will never financially recover from this. This is the best part of that show. His employee's arms like hanging off. This like full hanging off. And it's just in a tiger's mouth. And his first response is, I will never financially recover from this. And it's probably not what you should be thinking about right now. Dude, I love how he knew that as well. He's like, he knew the book so well. He goes, as long as no one loses a limb. This thing's going to keep on cooking. Dude, as well with that Tiger King chick who lost her arm, uh, the other thing was she was straight back to work the next day. Oh, yeah. She she had a good attitude about it. <laughs> Everyone there had a good attitude about it, to be honest, with what they were doing. I know. It was crazy, dude. Her energy... Dude, okay. Like, put it this way. This is, uh, this is a, a fucking... The other day... I was got out of the shower and I slipped a bit and I smashed my knee into the side of the bathtub. <laughs> okay? And it hurt a little bit. Yeah, I bet. I, I reacted the same as the way she did to getting her arm ripped off by a tiger. Yeah, yeah. She was a true G. She's a true G. Also, didn't rat on the boss. Yeah, didn't rat. Just Dude, I'm using my one good arm to call lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at least getting a tiger or something out of it. Yeah, let me ride one. Yeah. Or I get a free photo shoot with the tigers, no questions asked. Mm. Or something. Yeah, it's funny to... I guess plenty... Just to lose an arm to a tiger and just be like, all right, I guess I'll continue my career trajectory of tiger wrangler. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Tigers... Yeah. I I couldn't even get through that show. My mate, um, when I was living in America, he was from... He said one thing that like... Like, so much of his life before coming to Austin in Kansas was, like, he didn't realize it was weird until he left. At one point, he went on a vacation, which was just one night away. His mum took him and his sister to, a like, a petrol station, like, 600 k's away that was just called Tiger something. And out the back, on the other side of the servo, they just had a cage with a tiger in it. And they stayed in a motel across the road, and that was their vacation. Dude, that was the thing. <laughs> Just to go check out a tiger in a cage at a server. <laughs> That's freaking bizarre. <laughs> so, we've got the window open because it's so hot. 
And uh, someone's someone's getting clipped up by the law. Unfortunately, we live in a high crime area. Yeah, in the the ivory tower. <laughs> so if if someone if you hear police sirens in our neighbourhood, that means someone's been caught embezzling. <laughs> 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 There's no knife crime here. <laughs> Touch wood. <laughs> um, uh, d- 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 what was I going to say? Oh yeah, the Tiger King thing. Yeah, I don't really. Oh, we're talking I'm about glad- the f- we're talking about the fridge. That's how he. Oh yeah, the fridge. Ah, ah who gives a shit? sometimes you know, <laughs> and this is the thing: we're live. <laughs> we can't go. We, we could easily stop the recording, go back, listen to it, pick it back up. But that's the thing, mate. We we are showing the FM radio stations, the mega media companies, <laughs> that hey, if you want to throw four hundred k each at a couple of fucking wild cowboys <laughs> who swing first and ask questions later while broadcasting. Then look no further than Bill and Ross. <laughs> this is a Nova 969 studio. We'll go anywhere except Adelaide. <laughs> I will go to Adelaide. <laughs> I won't go to Darwin. I, I, I hate humidity. I won't go to Cairns. Imagine um, like Nova 969 or whatever, or Kiss 106 or whatever. They're trying to, they're trying to convince us to take a huge high-paying radio job and they've put us into separate rooms <laughs> and, and they come into my room, they go, you know, Rowan just agreed to Adelaide. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> they come into mine, they're like, Billy just agreed to 65K. I'm like, God fucking damn it, Billy. <laughs> what, for Adelaide? <laughs> yeah. They're like, for Hobart. Yeah. <laughs> now I know you're lying. He hates the cold. Yeah. <laughs> he hates the cold. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we're not. It's like going into the Scientology center to fuck around. You don't get split up. Yeah, exactly. Not, me and you are not smart enough to get split and, up. And you, you <laughs> don't answer any of their questions directly. And neither of us are trustworthy enough. Dude, we both come out. We're getting sent to like you're going to Tamworth. I'm going to Toowoomba <laughs> for like thirty five k a piece. I'm like, what happened in there, man? <laughs> we're, we're in the Nova Nine Six Nine. You're like, we will take. No editing. We do not want the producers fucking around with us. And they're like, first note, Rowan, do you think at the end of segments before songs, you could stop going, yeah. And you're like, all right, I accept that. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Fucking I Dude, I would spend some time in the Triple J, f- sorry, the Triple M fucking thing. <laughs> oh, that story took a hard turn. Yeah, no, I was not allowed into the Triple Mate, the Kremlin is... A fortress that I'm not allowed. Yeah, <laughs> the ABC building is somewhere where, despite people telling me you're invited, I'm not allowed in there. Yeah, well, put it this way, mate. Uh, if you were to be on the radio at Triple J, you'd be going by Rowan there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they'd be they, as get around me has leaned away from pretending you're Indian. <laughs> Triple J will be leaning in. They'd be like, no pictures of Rowan. Everyone's on the impression he's brown. The, yeah. the government's all over it. Um. Yeah. So I was in the Triple M. Um, in like one of those radio booths with those chaser guys when I used to write for them. Oh, yep. Very cool. Um, it was, it was fucking annoying as, um, actually, but the, the dude that like did all the ones and twos was like just a long, like, I don't know, like mid thirties, but like just had been just like the most radio guy, like mainstream radio, you'd guys say. Like how so? Like just puns constantly, just like energy. And I'm just like, me and this guy do not jam. And then it was the Oasis fucking bombing day. Like, do you remember in like Manchester? Oh, yeah, that, like, yeah. Crazy. It was like no, all it was, the, it was the Ariana Grande concert. Oh, true. They were all singing Oasis because it was Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ariana Grande. Yeah. And he just kept making puns about 
<laughs> about the blue thing, and I was like, "Dude, this sucks." This Dude, I tell you so what, I tell you what, I tell you what takes away <laughs> the uh, was it the desire for a commercial radio career is going to a commercial radio station. <laughs> yeah, dude, have I told you this one? So, because I've I've been to do a few of these things. Um, a few times, and I've I've never been asked back. But <laughs> here's the thing, dude. You can I I dare you to name a TV or radio station. I have not been to once. <laughs> and then and then I dare you to try and name one where I've been allowed in for a second time. <laughs> Billy's very familiar with the layout of the car parks at these places because he spent a long time debriefing afterwards alone in oh. the car. <laughs> I said wog in a Fox Sports interview. God. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> the funniest thing about that story is after you go, oh, is Wog out? And they're like, Wog's out, mate. <laughs> it was 2017. I thought it was still in. Mate, Wog's still in. <laughs> Let's just breeze past that. Um, da, da, da. Oh, yeah. So, one time I went into Nova 969. And this was, I was still at uni. And my friend Sally worked at Nova. Mm. And she said... Come on in, bup, bup, bup. I'll tee you up with the program director and you can do an internship because it was, mm. we had to do an internship as yeah, one of the yeah. credits. And I go, yes, yeah, sick. This is awesome. And it was like, basically what, what happened was just like a 20 minute mugging <laughs> <laughs> like you have not seen before. <laughs> Firstly, like these situations every time, mm. uh, it was clear the program director was not aware I was coming, mm. nor, nor was he particularly interested. Mm. So I go in, I meet him. He's like, yep. Very, very good. One second. He like takes two phone calls while I stand there. Then um, we go downstairs. We actually have a coffee. So, mm. that was pretty good of him. Mm. He took like three phone calls during the coffee. <laughs> and this is, what what year would this be? I want to say 2017-ish. Mm. So, this is, commercial radio is still cooking. Mm. You know, people aren't like sad about it. Hamish and Andy are still on the airwaves. They're not nice. on the podcast yet. So, the dream's still alive. Yeah. Anyway. So, then he's like, oh, I'll give you a little tour. Which is nice of him. And uh, anyway, do you remember the comedian Greg Sullivan from London? Mm. Dude, this guy. Mm. Dude, firstly, this guy. Uh, individual of this story or regardless of this story. I have other stories about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a piece of shit, dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude, literally, it was like out of a fucking movie where... um. Greg Sullivan's doing the fucking 9 a.m. to 12 a.m. shift mm. or to 12 p.m. So he's doing like just the, all you do is play music and give away Justin Bieber tickets. It's not like there's a difference between radio host and radio announcer. Are you sure his last name's Sullivan? Greg O'Sullivan? Maybe. Greg Sullivan's that Brisbane oh, comedian. Oh, shit. No, no. Sorry. Not Greg Sullivan. Not Greg Sullivan. Um, I've never met the Brisbane Greg Sullivan. I want to he's clarify lovely. that. Yeah. I've, yeah. He's really, really nice. I've never met that and guy. And very funny. Yep. I've heard good things about him. I apologize. Long time addict. Lot, he was raped by his dad. It was real harsh. Wow. So okay. It was weird that you called him a piece of shit there. Yeah. Odd. But it, Very was, just, odd. it was just a name mix up. Mate, I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I was like, I know Greg Sullivan, but I don't know. And I Googled it. I'm like, who yeah. am I thinking of? It's Greg something. Greg O'Sullivan? I don't know. Uh, Greg. Damn it. I, want, I, I genuinely hate this guy. I want to name him. <laughs> Um, Greg London comedian because he was from England. Well, Greg Burns got him right here. Greg Burns, Greg Burns, this guy. Remember oh, him? Oh, I hate that cunt. 
Okay, I would like to once again clarify that Greg Sullivan is a fantastic human who I've never met, mm. and I wish him the best. <laughs> okay? Greg Burns, this piece of shit, dude. Okay, so, separate story. One time he emceed Happy Endings Comedy Club, and he literally couldn't even be fucked. Firstly, said no one, hi to no one on the lineup. Guy's a no-name comic from England and was doing the 9 a.m. to 12 midday just radio announcing set uh, thing mm. at Nova. Literally thought he was like Justin Bieber. Mm. Didn't lo- learn anyone's name. Like doesn't do well with the crowd. Mm. Does like 25 minutes when he was supposed to do like 10. And then every person he brought up, he just read off the piece of paper and still mispronounced their name. <laughs> he called. He brought me up as Billy Tarsi with a, with a T. And like I, he was just butchering people's name while reading them off the sheet. Fucking hell. And he was such a hack. Mm. Oh, I hate this guy so much. So when I get get the tour of the radio station, Greg Burns is uh, getting ready for his shift or whatever. Mm. So the the radio program director goes, oh, hi, this is Billy. Um, he might be doing some intern work with us. He's actually a stand-up comedian too. Because oh, nice. I had done stand-up for a couple of years. So I'm thinking, fucking oath, dude, like... Um, we can have a bit of bands and he was like I'll, I'll leave you guys Um, just tell Billy a bit about the show he took like another phone call mm. this guy was so important this program director mm. anyway um, Greg Burns goes oh you do stand up do you I go yeah mate yeah yeah I think we've actually done a gig together he goes and he says nothing he just walks out of the room <laughs> <laughs> and then I ended up just talking to the ones and twos guy for like 10 minutes who was lovely yeah, it is odd when people treat you like worse than like I don't even treat my enemies very poorly. <laughs> but also, it was like Jesus Christ, dude! Like mm. just the big dog energy on this mm. bloke, and it was like you're not you're you're a sm- you're nothing. You're mm. a, you're not a dog of any description, <laughs> you know. And also, I knew the rooms he was playing around town. I knew he wasn't like yeah. Exactly. I don't think he could even get on at the store. He's a fucking loser. Mm. So yeah, Greg Burns mm. once again. Absolute piece, of, piece shit. of shit. What were we talking about? I think we were talking about how like- Oh, radio. You want to go into radio, but then it's like you have to go to a building. Honestly, bedroom is kind of preferred. Yeah, I think so. Mm. These are the words of uh, two blokes desperate to get into radio. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to treat him mean, keep him keen, you know. But what about this, mate? Uh, bup, bup, bup. Dave Chappelle's in town. Oh, yeah. He is. Let's, let's get back to our roots. Stand-up comedy. Mate, so Dave Chappelle's in town. And the good thing is when crazy big acts are in town, sometimes, in fact, often they'll drop into the smaller rooms where you'll find acts such as Rowan Arneal and Billy Darcy. So you get a bit of a brush with fame. Mm. And uh, Jeff Ross <laughs> dropped in to Magic Mike on Wednesday. Yeah, I was there. Were you? Yeah, yeah. I heard, You didn't tell me that. I don't think I've seen you since. Oh, there you go. Mate, I heard he was fucking unbelievable. Yeah, he was real funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was good. Yeah. Yeah, I had a great time. Interesting. I was very tired, but I was enjoying it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, Mc- he- Chappelle dropped into um, Enmore. The Enmore Comedy before. Club on Tuesday. Did an hour and a half. Did an hour and a half. Now, Dave Chappelle is the biggest comedian on the planet. Mm. Okay. I honestly think there have been times over the last five or six years where Bill Burr has still been the pound for pound best stand-up comedian on the planet. But we just got in this Dave Chappelle haze where it's like, everyone was like, he's undisputed. 
there's no one's close. Yeah, yeah no yeah. one's close. Like, and like, it was like, okay, like people weren't even willing to have a discussion. <laughs> well, like, yeah, mate, Chappelle's the goat. Chappelle's the goat, mate. I don't want to hear it. He's not my number one. It's like, okay, yeah. like people are like, oh, Chappelle, Chappelle. I lo- I do love Chappelle, but I'm just saying he's not like it's not like I watch Dave Chappelle and I'm like, oh, Bill Burr is nowhere near this good. <laughs> it's like. There's heap. There's other comedians who yeah. are on that level. There's a there's a handful of them. Louis, 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 <laughs> Louis kicking it. Um, anyway, mate, Tuesday night, Dave Chappelle drops in and does an hour and a half. I honestly think, I don't care who you are, this is just reprehensible behaviour. <laughs> I think it's so selfish to drop into places and do like two hours. He bumped the whole lineup. Oh, uh, some of the um. The people that were coming from out of state didn't get bummed. Oh, Only really? The New South Wales. He went on after the New South Wales acts, but then like Jeff Ross, his openers and stuff went on beforehand. So it's like the how the length of this comedy show is like insane. Yeah, but I'm saying they could just drop in and do like twenty each. Yeah, I don't understand the point of bombing for an hour and a half. And you can't tell me he's recording that set and look, looking back at it. Well, he was drinking like full cups of tequila up there. McGowan said. What happened? Because I you heard from McGowan. Yeah, so I was with McGowan the next day. He got the call that he was bumped, um, but he was still going to get paid. And, oh, that's great. And they were like, and he was like, oh, perfect. And they're like, we can't tell you who's going to be there, but if I was you, I'd get down there. Wow. So he went. Um, and then Chappelle at the start, Chappelle was like kind of drunk to begin with and was just, there's like two people in the world that can just go wherever they want and smoke cigarettes. And it's like Keith Richards and Dave Chappelle. Yeah. So he was just smoking cigarettes the entire time. And in front of just like kind of like 30 lesbians. That's Was kind of- it sold out? Nah. Fuck, that is a shame. <laughs> Can they not say super secret guest? There's enough cluey comedy fans in Newtown who would have picked that up. Or even just tell the comedians. I would have come. Yeah, I would have come for sure. I don't even know what I was doing last Tuesday, but- I, I, can, w- I can tell you I would have fucked it I would have fucked it off. I was doing nothing. I would have bought a ticket. I would have paid. What the hell did I do? The tickets are like $22. Oh yeah, dude. I totally would have come. <laughs> I didn't even have a gig. I was free. <laughs> I was free too. I just looked. <laughs> well he's apparently he started talking about AIDS and then someone from the um audience, some woman was like Oh, it's not that bad now. Um, you can just take prep. Just like not heckling, not being rude or anything, just being like, Oh, you can take prep, it's not even a big deal now. Um and he was like, You think I can't talk about AIDS? And everyone was uh, like, No, that's not what we think. That's not what she said. That's and then he just went in on this woman and then later on he like made amends with her. But he I, I, I heard he was using homophobic slurs pretty frequently as well. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I went to the because it's the store run that that gig or whatever time. So I went to their gig the next night, and they were all like in shock and had so much to say. It was so funny. The sound guy came out and just like was like, "I didn't sleep last night. That was fucking insane. That was the perfect storm of like arrogance, no composure, the alcohol." <laughs> but like, are they saying like it was insane? Like, was it good? Not really. They said it would get- I heard he ate shit. Yeah, he just ate shit the whole time. And the crowd kind of just didn't like him because it's like, no, like, she was trying to help. She she didn't say that. But it's interesting as well, like, for a guy to just sit there and get drunk and eat shit when it's like, it's very well documented that he could do well if he wanted to. Mm. Like, 
And here's the thing. I don't even mind him getting drunk and eating shit. But can't you just do it for like 25 minutes? Yeah, yeah. An hour and a half is such an excessive time. It's such an excessive amount of time to actively not do well. Mm. Very indulgent. And then- Apparently, he, like, he made amends with the girl, but then he got drunk and, like, forgot. And then, like, went back in, kept going back. And everyone was like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I guess it's fun for him to drop into small rooms. And, like, I enjoy that he does it. I mm. think it's fucking cool. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't know. 90 minutes just seems a, a bit annoying. Or could you at least maybe do well for 15 mm. and then maybe fuck around for, like, even half an hour, which would still be pretty egregious. But also, you could fuck around and do better than that, surely. Could you, like, could you like, just don't get blackout? Could you just not harass the crowd members? <laughs> because as well, he's thinking as he. I, you can guarantee. I'll tell you this for free. Dave Chappelle. Every time he gets on a stage, no matter where he is in the world, no matter what club it is, he is going on with the knowledge in his mind that every single person in that crowd loves Dave Chappelle. God forbid they don't know about him. Like that. That wouldn't even mm. go into his head. Or even if you don't like him, it's like, it's pretty noteworthy. I'm like, I fucking saw Dave Chappelle for $22 last night. Dude, pretty sick. Yeah, I'm shattered I wasn't there. Michael Hing ex- actually explained it pretty well. He was like, it was like watching Michael Jordan play basketball, but like playing by the rules of soccer. Where it's like, stop kicking the ball, Michael Jordan. Do what you do. The really good thing that you're good at. That's stop so trying funny. to play soccer. Yeah, that's good. You're like, yeah, that is kind of what it sounds like. And here's the thing is, but you know he knows the basketball rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the weirdest part. That's the weirdest thing. Like, it's not like he forgot. It's like, if you just kind of want to yell at women, then it's like, maybe you d- don't get up that night. <laughs> yeah. Like, at what point is like, do you, Dave, do you feel like making people laugh? No, not tonight. Then maybe don't do any stand-up comedy. Yeah, I think that's the other thing is, you know, you can just go to dinner with your friends. Mm. You don't have to, like, to go on stage with this, like, toxic energy, like, uh, fuck this crowd. And it's like, you weren't booked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I said, he started um, being like, fucking Hannah Gadsby, she's from here. She was talking shit on me. And McGowan's like, you're like a fucking billionaire. Like, you fucking give a shit. Dude, this guy's got a chip on his shoulder. The chip and the dip. Some ulti chick from Tasmania is talking shit on you. Who gives a fuck? Why is everyone... The more fame people and success people get, the more sensitive they seem to get as well. I it's know. It's like, that was three years ago, bro, that she was talking shit on you. The, like, sorry, I didn't remember. Also, talking shit. She wasn't on fucking... She wasn't on the Joe Rogan experience going, I hate Dave Chappelle. I, I would say it was upwards of three tweets. <laughs> a few tre- a few tweets defending the trans community. <laughs> and also, also, you cannot tell me Dave Chappelle read Hannah Gadsby's tweets after his pretty anti-trans material and was like, wait, where's this coming from? Mm. Like, like, who gives a shit, bro? Dude, it's all everyone's doing. You did your material. Hannah did the tweets. Everything's in order here. There's absolutely nothing wrong with any of this. These are the natural consequences of what's going around town. It's the most natural thing. Ever. Everything's fine. Yeah. Talk about the trans community for 20 minutes in a special. Some lesbians may tweet at you. Dude, 100%. They may, they tw- She tweeted at Netflix, said, I don't want him on Netflix if I'm on Netflix. And they said, he's Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and then nothing happened. It's like, what do you fucking want? But that's the thing with Dave Chappelle. Like, and I do love Dave Chappelle. But like, I go in on loving his stand-up, but I'm not like... Every fucking mm. thing he walks on should be blessed. Like, 
Like, I think the fact that he does four and a half hour sets at the comedy store is lame oh, and it's needy. So, it's so lame. Yeah. Like, the, the, at, after four hours, you're still talking. You must legitimately think every word that comes out of your mouth is just so valuable. And it's just like, fucking whatever, bro. It's, it's just, just like, chill out. You're already yeah. getting tanked on tequila. Yeah, I have no idea. But it's then a- I had mates who went to see him at the arena and apparently it was unbelievable. So it's like... <laughs> mm, yeah. And he did like an hour 10 on the nose, just destroyed. Mm. Yeah, well, him doing stand-up comedy is quite a treat, I think. Yeah, well, when he... When Dave Chappelle, the stand-up comedian, does stand-up comedy for the allotted amount of time, and he was also booked for that. Yeah, yeah. It can be quite a treat. Yeah, yeah. But interesting. Interesting, dude. McGowan said he preferred it just to watch him eat shit for like an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, I would honestly love to see that. Yeah, yeah, There's something about it. Mm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, Dave Chappelle, the other thing is, like, literally six months ago in that high school speech... Uh, he was still talking about Chappelle's show being cancelled. <laughs> and it's like, mate, it was fucking 22 years ago. And also, you had a highly publicised like battle with Comedy Central and Viacom <laughs> sold it and you got all the money you were owed on top of the millions upon billions you already had. And you're still like, he was like, I don't know if you know much about like show business, but if you turn down the biggest show on the planet, then uh, then they don't like you that much. And it's like, is that really the worst thing that ever happened to you? <laughs> that the media turned on you? Also, the media in fucking 1999, there's not even any fucking internet back then. Like, just how rich and successful do you have to be before you just go, oh, this isn't so bad? I watched one of his specials that came out a couple of years ago where it's just every, instead of being like a, a comedic premise each bit or like something from his life, he was just kind of like, talking about something that he was in the media for and like doing his side of the story. And it was funny because it's like, there'll be punchlines. Yeah. But it's like, I don't fucking give a shit that like people, you got booed off the stage because you were too high one time. I didn't see that article. I don't give a fuck. He's always responding to someone and there's no one there. Yeah. He's just yelling into the (laughs) void. Like he still thinks it's like 98 where like people read the Daily Telegraph and he's like, oh, I'm on the back page of the paper. Everyone hates me. It's like, brother, now you get hated for half an hour. Then we're on to the next. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Get with the time. Someone said something. I bet they did. Dude, but that's even a great joke as well when he's got too high in Detroit. And he said, good people of Detroit, you will never get your money back. <laughs> he goes, I'm like Evil Knievel. I get paid for the attempt. <laughs> it's like, just do that. Just yeah, do the yeah. funny bit. Mm. Anyway. Um, so, I think the message there is love Dave Chappelle, but just chill out, brother. Just chill out. Just... If I don't look, it is from a rich place since I was called a goth and threatened to smash someone. But I was about to say, yeah, pot calling the kettle black. I, on the other hand, continue to take waves of negativity on the internet on the chin like a champion. I literally had a Facebook comment today from some old guy and said, Shut up, you whiny kid. Mm, yeah. Oh, hilarious. They don't like the youth very much sometimes. <laughs> Dude, I reckon now, like, I don't even know. I don't even <laughs> I don't even want to get into it. Um, oh, dude, speaking of people uh, whining and stuff, I had this Uber driver the other day. Oh, it was fucking unreal. It was one of those Uber drivers where I was putting the AirPods in as I got in and I took them out. Mm, I love that. Because I, well. went, I went, let's go. Mm. Because I'd hosted a show and then... Friends of the podcast, The Good Kids, were playing at Vic on the Park, my favorite pub. Mm. So I'd hosted a show and then I'd had like six beers 
Because really, when you're hosting, yeah. once you've done the first bit, you know, tools are down. It's about getting pissed. Yep. Um, and then I get in the Uber and this guy, it's like a Westy, white Australian guy, jacked up, real jacked. Oops, sorry. And uh, and he goes, he goes, mate, I just said, oh, hey, man, how you going? And he's like, mate, yeah, pretty good. He goes, thanks for asking, mate. He goes, most of the people who get in my Uber, mate, he goes, especially the young women, no dis- no respect, bro. They got no respect. And I, and I went, I was drunk enough where I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's fucking go, dude. I'll go in on this. Like, this is hilarious. And he's like, he's like, bro, bro. Like, he's like, mate, honestly, go for the old, I'm dropping you at a pub, mate. He goes, you single? I go, yeah. He goes, go for the older girls, mate. The young ones, they just want your money. They won't give a shit about you unless you're a millionaire, mate. He's one of these guys. And uh, he's like, mate, mate, I work hard. I work for Sydney Rail during the day. I drive Uber at night. I've got three properties, bro. Three properties at 31. How many blokes can say that? And he's just fucking, he's going nuts in the front seat. And it's one of these guys, it's like Dave Chappelle where it's like, you're responding to someone, but there's Mm. no one there. Mm. I would love to see, there's no one I like more than um, the dude that wants to talk about how all women are stuck up. (laughs) Dude, he had clearly such a chip on his shoulder. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you think you're saying that all women are stuck up. What you're telling me is that there's a woman out there and she she broke your heart, brother. <laughs> okay. And he was he was going nuts, dude. There have been some women that were a little bit grossed out by your presence in the Uber. You came on a little bit hard and were a bit too fucking intense <laughs> for a drunk alone woman. And she didn't want to talk to you. And he's like, he's like, he's talking about these like you know when people are talking about like hypothetical people? Mm. He's like, dude, these chicks, bro, these chicks, all they care about is Instagram followers. Oh, all they care about. Mm. And he's like, they, they, they. Mm. Where are they? <laughs> Who are they? Are they in the Uber with us? And this builder being like, mate, I feel sorry for you guys. Like, because like I'm all older and shit and I didn't have to deal with any of this shit. And like all the girls your age that you guys want to get with all have OnlyFans. And I'm like, I don't know. None of the ones I know do. So it's like they all have only things. Yeah, I know. Like these psychopathic women who are just walking around. They're all porn stars on the weekends. Every single young woman has a, has a porn lifestyle account. Like, what are you talking about, bro? And he was one of these. You could. This guy had taken the red pill. Mm. And uh, there's this thing called the manosphere now. Have you heard about this? Is that uh, just. I think it describes like the Andrew Tate world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy had fucking. He was a a member of the Hustlers University. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. a a colleague of the top G's. There's no doubt. And he was like, uh, he was like, bro, I could go on Instagram if I started if I wanted to, I could get hundreds of thousands of followers. That's not gonna fulfill me, bro. That's not gonna fulfill me. And it's like, uh, it's like, well, I'm fucking. I reckon it'd fulfill you more than driving me to the pub <laughs> because you seem fucking angry, dude. Like. Fucking hell. I just wanted... With those guys, it's like, who are you angry at? I don't know. Just vaguely women, I guess. I don't even know. He said like... uh, Also, he works for Sydney Rails. He said everyone is is an absolute cunt to him. Like, And it's like, yeah, dude, because you work for Sydney (laughs) Rail. You can't take that personally. You know? Like, fucking hell. But the poor guy. You know when you get these people where... Like, I didn't ask him a single question Mm. about himself. And yet, I know everything about him. Mm. One of these guys where he just presses play on his one-man show. Yeah. And then that's it. We're just listening to this now. I, I had a cabbie once that like... And I don't really like talking to Uber drivers or cabbies unless they're like that. Unless it's like 
let's strap in. Yeah, the other one I'll I'll take the AirPods out for is the 70-year-old white taxi driver <laughs> who just like immediately is like, oh, you see what Tony Abbott said last week? Like they read the paper and they've mm. got opinions. Dude, I love that guy as well. This cab, you know, it was like three in the morning and I fucking accidentally, I'd been walking along the M2 because I'd accidentally got the wrong bus and it was just a disaster. And I finally found a cab. Um and he was like, he was so tired, and he just goes, "So the missus reckons she wants me out in three months." Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got we got forty minutes to kill. Let's yeah. get into it. And here's the thing: is if it's between that guy and an awkward guy who's going to be mm. like, "Oh, it's it's a bit bit uh, hotter today than they said it would be," mm. give me twice divorced. Yeah, I lost yeah. the kids. Yeah, exactly. Climate change isn't real. A hundred percent. Vaccinations are fake. A hundred percent. I'll get down to the nitty gritty with a bloke as well. I'm like, how does that make you feel? Where do you think this went wrong? Are you trying to stay together for the kid? No, yeah. No, no, no. Just let's fucking flesh it all out, mate. It sounds like she's lying to you, mate. <laughs> Just poke the bear a little bit. <laughs> yeah, fucking earth. A nice angry white man. Dude, and this guy was like, uh, he was like, he was, he was saying all this stuff, but- um, He's a lone soldier. He's a lone soldier, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's living in a Mad Max world. That's what he's driving. He's do- Have you seen the movie Taxi Driver? Oh, no. No, it's just fucking um, De Niro as a vet- schizophrenic Vietnam vet driving around New York being like, look at all these fucking whores. <laughs> <laughs> this disgusting, grimy city. I hope they all fucking die. Well, that was the other thing he said. He said, uh, no one trusts me because I'm, I'm muscled up from the gym. That was the other thing he said, like, blokes, when they're with their girlfriends around him, like, don't want to talk to him because they feel threatened by how big he is. Yeah, I think a lot of this might come down to a general vibe, mate. <laughs> well, as well, mate, this guy is- uh... Everyone's so friendly to me. But here's the thing that- <laughs> Everyone's constantly being nice to me. And I've, I've brought nearly nothing but negativity into this world. It's, it's so... My favourite thing in life is when someone could just easily do nothing and they'd be in a better situation than they are. <laughs> yeah. Like, but if this guy just said nothing and just dropped mm. me in the pub, I'm not ripping on him for 12 minutes on podcast. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, mate, um, with this sort of stuff is uh, this guy, oh, what was I going to say? Like this guy, oh yeah, it's everyone lives in their own narrative. Mm. Like even uh, like, every, like everyone. Yeah. So this guy he, on paper works for Sydney Rail and he's an Uber driver, mm. but in his world, He's this renegade, muscled up, like grinding, three property owning, like no one gets him. He he can see the truth. No one else can. Legend. Mm. And that's the sort of stuff that keeps people going, mate. Mm. That's that's why there's no whiskey on his shelf at home. Because of the fucking mental gymnastics he's done. I just wish that like more people, like we all weren't born perceptive little beings, like being a baby, knowing when to talk and when to not say things and when to, what to keep in your head. Like everyone's yep. obviously all in their own fucking head. Oh my God. All I do is think about myself. <laughs> but I don't, if I was driving an, an Uber, I wouldn't get him and be like, oh, anyway, I'm a fucking misunderstood artist. <laughs> like It's like, keep it in your own fucking head, mate. Dude, uh, it was like when, anything but. <laughs> yeah, it was like when we uh, when we did heaps of mushrooms and went to the contemporary art museum, mm. and we had the best day ever until we didn't. Mm. And by the time this fucking Uber driver picked us up, mate, the boys we were frazzled mm. beyond belief, and we were still tripping. And we we had this sixty year old Uber driver, and he just immediately hits play on his story. He name drops like three celebrities he's friends with. Said he used to have like 40 mil, but he lost it all on the GFC. 
all this stuff. Crazy, crazy story. He's such a legend, you know, this sort of thing. What a guy. Mm. What a remarkable human being. Uh, as soon as we get out of the car, bup, 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 we Google him. He got caught embezzling from his company. He lost it all. <laughs> and it's like we literally all the way from the city back to back to our place. It was like 45 minutes of this yeah. guy. And it was just all a made-up story. Mm. And like, and it's like, it's just bizarre. That, but people just feel the need because then when he was... Here's the thing, dude, is if you tell me your mates with Brad Pitt, I will go. That's really cool. Mm. Because I can't fucking vet every story some pelican mm. tells me. So then he goes, yeah, it is really cool. Mm. And then now the tires are pumped up. Now he's living La Vida Loca. Now he's not an Uber driver. He's the guy who's friends with Brad Pitt. Mm. People love it. My mate Marky does a great one. And he's even, the piece of shit's even sprung it on me. He'll, he'll go, oh, that's crazy if it's true. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> it's just crazy if true. Yeah, yeah. We do huge if true. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking awesome. Spring that on an Uber driver. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy if it's true. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, I might, I might steal that. Mm, too easy. I hope I run into that Uber driver one day. He sounds like fun. You'll, you'll, I'll tell you what, he drives like a minivan. Oh, and you'll nice. fucking know him when you see him. Bro, I got my car fixed in Austin. He replaced like... I asked a bunch of people, how much is it going to cost to get some guy to come and replace my alternator? And everyone's probably like... Everyone was like 150 bucks. And I'm an idiot. And I didn't ask this guy that was wearing camo pants in Oof. a wife beater how much it was going to cost. He's like, all right, yeah, I'll fix 350 bucks. Holy shit, US. Fucking, US, brother. Holy shit. All right, I think I just have that in my account. So he was driving me to the ATM because it's all cash. And on the way there, he's just like, oh, yeah, fucking, how do you find an American women? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're like, I don't know. I don't have like a large opinion. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah, whatever. And he's like, yeah, it's a pity they're all so fucking stuck up here. <laughs> it's like, it hasn't been my experience, but go on. And he's like, yeah, heard around in Southeast Asia, they're a bit more subservient, kind of understand how the family unit works. And you're Whoa. like, <laughs> brother, I hate you already. Like, we already hate, I already hated you. Dude, and he's now, the biggest. Now, now a man in camo pants is fucking telling me about how he wants a subservient woman. I'm like, who would want to be under you? Dude, here's the thing, brother. Wherever you go- there you are. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I actually don't kind of hate Jordan Peterson as much as some people because he is like, just be better. Stop being such a loser. Yeah. I saw a video of his the other day. Sean probably shared it. We probably saw the same yeah, one. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And it was Jordan Peterson going, uh, <laughs> if you're angry at women for not picking you, how about you wear a better shirt? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, dude. I have, a, I, have a feeling, I have a feeling they're right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, probably. <laughs> but also, like, blo- blokes, who are, blokes who are into that shit, like, they'll pick and choose the stuff that suits them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, they're like, oh, Jordan sort of missed with that one. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then the next clip, Jordan Peterson's like, all obese women are disgusting. And the guys are like, finally, you're back on track, mate. Jesus. It's not making me reflect on myself. Perfect. Yeah, this one, yeah, this one doesn't point out any of my insecurities. <laughs> so, therefore, I love it. <laughs> yeah, there's not many men um, that have a genuine distrust of women that I'm not like, 
you're this isn't coming from like you're you fucked up here yes (laughs) you've fucked up here come on mate but also my favorite thing Mm. is just the unprompted stuff Mm. like this guy owns three properties you know he works for sydney rail and drives uber i didn't ask him a fucking question it's very american actually. yeah it's very american they love giving like every uber driver i had a bit that like was like my best bit stand up over there it doesn't work here it doesn't it was just about how like every Uber driver needs to tell you about what they're actually gonna be become one day. Oh yeah. Because in America that's all they're fucking doing. Yeah. They're always just trading LinkedIn's over there. Yeah, they're just like, actually I'm starting this networking company and you're like, All right, fucking whatever. It's a seven dollar ride. Yeah, I think it's it's part of their culture because it's so hard to like get ahead over there. Mm. So they're constantly like they're always like looking to fucking get ahead in some way. Mm. Where but- here we just kind of respect the man that chills. Yeah, don't talk about yourself, dude. <laughs> anyway, mate, I think we've done like 45 minutes. It's too hot in here. It's incredible. This hot. podcast isn't going to get any longer during summer. True. In winter, we could really slam, <laughs> slam the time a little bit longer, but in summer, it's fucking untenable. Yeah. Anyway, mate. Okay. Well, check out Rowan's TikTok. Oh, buy tickets to Billy's Melbourne show. Mate, give it a plug, mate. Give it a plug. We got to go see this show. Let's support the arts. There are some very bad shows at that festival. There are, and a lot of them aren't going to make any money, but Billy's show is going to make money because people are going to buy tickets. Is that correct? Buy some bloody tickets, Take guys. your work, mates. Take people, because here's the thing. I'm going down there, and I'm going to be- You're not going to fucking be hanging out with him. I'm the one that's going to have to be reading fucking McGrath's autobiography to him when he's too stressed out to deal with it, how much money he's losing. <laughs> I'm the one that's going to have to fucking take him for a circumference walk around the empty- <laughs> MCG, because <laughs> the Tuesday shows taking all his profits. <laughs> My mate sold out Thursday, Friday, Saturday for three weeks. He still lost money. Yeah, exactly. Go to the Tuesdays. Go to the Wednesdays. I don't want to go to the MCG, for God's sake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, Al. Well, there you go. That's how, a pretty how, negative way to promote it. But I, How but- much fucking free content does a man need to give out? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> how much fucking three years of free content? The podcast is free and I, I think doubled the... The length. <laughs> and I think the tickets on Tuesday, it's tight ass Tuesdays. I think they're literally like $7. <laughs> Manscaped sent him less than $100. <laughs> yeah, but guys, somebody buy some Manscaped products as well. <laughs> does, does, does a single one of you need to shave his pubes? <laughs> you guys must all have the most fucking well looked after pubic regions. God damn it. <laughs> Buy a lawnmower and then tickets for my Melbourne show in that order. Surely there's at least seven walks that listen to this. Get rid of the chest here, boys. There has to be at least a Greek and Iranian that can take care of these manscapes. Oh, yeah. But it is tight-ass Tuesdays at Melbourne, so I think tickets are like 22 on Tuesdays. So come on down. But also, how much money do these cunts spend on piss on the weekend that they can... Give some to like a thirty dollar ticket, man. I'm like, pretty confident the tickets will be bought. I feel like you're bringing so much aggression to the promotion. <laughs> it's so much fun. Though. Yeah. Okay. Well, come along, guys. It's called Reckless Pelican. Tickets on the Melbourne Comedy Festival website. Thank you, Rowan. Da da da. Da da da.